This is episode 136 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 136 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Julius Van Ruyen on the show. Julius is a man who was born in Australia and then he moved to the United States where he met his wife and now he's living in Florida. I've actually met him down there when I was staying in the Naples area and we went to a local RIA meeting, which is just a real estate investing meetup. We started chatting real estate. We started talking about flips. And this was a long overdue episode of just having Julius on to talk about his story, to talk about what it is that he's doing and uh, how he's profiting extremely well in the high-end flipping game in Cape Coral, Florida and in the Fort Myers area. In this episode, Julius discussed how he was able to turn over $500,000 of profit on multiple properties. Now, he does have a few partners that are involved in this, but it's ultimately a scenario where he doesn't really have to put any money in. He's really just finding partners and then his other partner is working the deals and then, of course, they have a money partner. So it's a three-way partnership that seems to work really well and he's churning out a lot of properties. He says he's completed about eight so far. Uh, And at any given time, he's got about four or five on the go. So very busy guy uh, having a lot of success in what he's doing. And he came on to tell his story, talk about the hot weather in Florida right now and uh, all of the above. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, Just before we get into it, if you haven't already grabbed yourself a copy of my cash flow sheet, you can actually get that on my website at andrew-hines.com. Just go there and you will see the link and it's one of the menu links as well. And as always, if you wouldn't mind doing your part to just help this podcast grow and reach more people, I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell. And why not share it with a friend you think it could help? So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into episode 136 with Julius Van Ruyen. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Julius Van Ruyen on the show. He's going to share about what he's doing in Florida. We met down there. Uh, Julius, why don't you just tell uh, tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Thanks very much for having me on, Andrew. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Julius Van Royen. I'm with uh, Hamish Homes LLC. We are a real estate rehabilitation company. We pretty much flip homes in Southwest Florida. Um, we started in March of 2020. So we've only been doing this for about a year and a half. So we're fairly new. We've uh, completed, we, we, on average, we have about four to five under the hammer at one time. Um, and we've completed a probably, honestly, probably like eight, eight flips at this stage. Yeah, and we saw another four to five. Yeah, eight sold. And we have another yeah. four to five. Uh, now, are, right you, now. are you the only owner of Hamish Homes or is that a part? I am. Well, my wife and I. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we, um, yeah, we own this uh, entity. And then my business partner, who I do, uh, the investing, the flipping with, he owns his LLC and then our, both of our LLCs are 50-50 partners on the LLCs that actually buy the properties. So do you do, and this is good, we're getting right into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, here, yeah, but cool, do you, yeah. Do you do an LLC for every every property you buy? Uh, for the most part. Yeah, um, as long as it's we, the same we have, investor? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have probably four or five LLCs that we rotate through depending on the quality uh, and the price point of the homes that we buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have, we'll have like a funny name if it's like a $150,000, $200,000 home. Um, okay. But if it's like a million-dollar riverfront property, then it has to be like a luxurious name, you know? Yeah. So we, we rotate through that. So, it's, I mean, we, we have fun with it. That's interesting. So, yeah. holy crap, do you have a good bookkeeper handling all these? We do. Companies? Yeah, we spend a lot of money on, uh, on the back end, on the accounting, yeah. legal work, all that kind of stuff. So it's good. Yeah. 
Now, how did this all come to be for you? Like, how did you feel comfortable getting into this? And uh, why don't you just tell me the story and also get into your backstory, like, you know, how you grew up and what kind of drew you to go down this path? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I am originally from Australia, born and raised. Um, my parents are real estate investors, uh, kind of like part-time. They owned about 14 units in single-family homes and uh, small multifamilies. So that w- I didn't really know much about that growing up. I just thought it was, you know, I don't, you know, being a kid, I didn't really respect money or have any knowledge on, on that fact. Um, and, you know, I, out of high school, I joined the Australian army. Um, I deployed to Afghanistan in 2013 and I made a fair bit of money with, uh, with that deployment. Cause you know, there was no expenses because everything's covered. Um, so the money I made, I actually bought a rental property. Uh, I actually, I kind of actually wanted to buy, wanted to buy a car, but my mom, she was like, you have to buy an investment property because everyone else is going to buy a car. You're going to lose value. You know, you, you're just going to completely waste your money. And uh, I mean, she was right. And then I, I bought a rental property and it appreciated, you know, crazy over the next uh, over the next five, six years until I sold it uh, for the proceeds to start my current business. Um, so I guess I was a real estate investor. You know, I, I, I just didn't really realize it. And then um, came to America in August of 2016, studying at uh, Bowling Green State University in Ohio. And I was studying sport management there. I was in love with sport. I am still in love with sport. And uh, out of, I, I had my internship, my senior internship in the last semester uh, down here in uh, Fort Myers, Florida with a minor league baseball team. I was working with them. I started my internship in January of 2020, so last year. And then we had, it was halfway through uh, spring training in March. So two months later, the pandemic hit, all the lockdowns happened. And um, yeah, we were working from home. And, you know, over the next couple of months, they were like cutting our pay from 100% to 90% to 75%. And and I was uh, thinking, I was like, man, this isn't good, you know, because I have my, my you know, immigration status writing on, on, you know, keeping a job out of, out of school or, you know, for graduation. Um, but at that stage, I had already started this real estate. So I guess to, to answer your question, I started real. I, I was listening to Bigger Pod, a Bigger Pockets podcast, um, reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, all the you know the generic stuff that gets people addicted to real estate. Um, and yeah, my first, I went to my first RIA meeting down here in January when we moved down. It was like a week later, a week after we moved down, I went to my first RIA meeting. I met my business partner there, and then we just you know found out what each other's strengths and weaknesses are we found out what we wanted to accomplish and it turned out that we that we fitted each other pretty well and so it was january and we we established our partnership in february uh i started hamish homes in march and then we bought our first flip in april and then all of this was while i was working at home at home uh for the baseball team yeah and i was doing i was doing that you know I'm hoping my boss doesn't watch this, but I was kind of, you know, wasn't really putting too much, uh, you know, attention into, into baseball sales during a pandemic when there's no baseball happening. Um, and we were buying in the first four months, I think we bought three flips mm-hmm. and I was just getting, I was getting addicted to it. I could see the potential for our, for my business and I could see the potential of, the, of what I was going to be providing for, you know, for my wife and our family and our, our future family. And, and I, I was, slowly uh you know stepping away from what my original goal was and my what my original dream was to be working in professional sport and i think it was the beginning of june they uh it was it was kind of 
you know, at a dead halt. They hadn't let us go yet. The baseball team, they hadn't let the sales, the salespeople go yet. Um, but I was having such a great time buying flips in real estate that I was, I was telling, uh, telling my wife, Ellen, I was like, Hey babe, you know, if they don't call me, you know, in the next month or two to let me go, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to call them and, and quit because this real estate stuff is way too fun. And two weeks later, they called me and let me go. And I was kind of, I was, I mean, I was super relieved. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And then ever, ever since then, I was just hundred percent, um, you know, to the grindstone and, uh, we haven't stopped. I haven't stopped since it's been an incredible ride. Yeah. You've been buying a lot of different properties and it's actually inspiring to see how fast you've gone and just, thanks. just constantly keep buying more and more. What's, um, what are you typically looking for in something that you buy? That is a great question. Uh, we look for, so all of the properties that we get that we buy are on the MLS. We don't do any off market, uh, you know, lead generation for off market properties. So we really look for, we go through a lot of offers, a lot of inspections. We are kind of shifting towards higher end properties just because, um, ease of, uh, I guess, operation, uh, with, with higher end properties. So as an example, most of our, um, I think on average, our purchase price is probably going to be anywhere between, I guess, around five hundred, maybe five hundred fifty thousand dollars, and the average price of homes down here are three to three fifty. Um, so we're doing higher end properties. We're putting in, um, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars into the rehab and selling them for, you know, just under a million. This is on average. Um, the buyers are a lot easier to to deal with. They're typically cash buyers who do a two-week close. No, um, you know, they have an inspector, but like, there's no like appraisal or anything like that. With a, a lot of the, the lower-end properties that we've done, the two $300,000 properties, we deal with, you know, FHA buyers. And there's a lot of red tape that goes into that process. And you have the appraisal has to be like on the dollar. The inspections are a complete nightmare. You know, if a gutter is, is you know, met like a little bit to the, the way that they don't like, then they'll, it's a, it's a $10 fix and they'll just kind of, you know, you know, be a complete headache over that. But a really high end person who's buying a, um, a million dollar property, then they don't really care about that. You know? So it's, it's a, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's a lot, we, we've tended to, as we've, as we've, uh, started, we kind of did a huge wide net and bought high end properties, low end properties, you know, middle of the line. And as we've gone on, we've, uh, you know, realized, what our uh, what our niche is and what we're really good at, and that's high end high end flips. So it's been working well, pretty pretty well for us so far. So I don't see yeah. it stopping anytime soon. I, I would agree with you that yeah, the higher end home buyer. Like I've often thought about that. Like who do I want to mm. be selling to? Like I'll think mm. about that before I start anything because I don't want to be selling to people who are going to nickel and dime me. Yeah, and that's why I don't like selling on uh, like Craigslist and mm. like Gigi. Like I, I, if I'm prepared for it, it's fine. But um, you know, it's not something I'd ideally like to do. So when I was flipping a lot of properties, I was actually flipping investment properties, and they were with cash flow. And yeah. most of the buyers wouldn't even negotiate the price at all. They would just say, okay, that's the price. Really? Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. I just tell them this is the price. And, yeah. um, you know, like it wasn't even a question. It was just about, are they going to buy or aren't they going to buy? Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, and like the biggest thing was like the appraisals for us. Uh, sorry about that. Was uh, the appraisals in the low end. You know, we have a property that we're uh, putting on the market. It's a regular three to 1600 square foot house, no pool, no canal. And, it is uh, like a two ninety nine, two hundred ninety nine thousand dollar house, and we get a an offer first in the market. It's going to be it's like uh, you know two seventy nine, uh, you know a sixty day close, uh, 
like just full inspection appraisal contingencies, just, you know, and with the market that we're in right now, uh, the appraisers are, you know, two, three months behind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, where all the sales are. So when we get the appraisal back, nine times out of 10 on a low end property, it's going to be, you know, $30,000 lower than what the actual value is. So that's a huge headache as well at the end of it. So that's why we've kind of gone for the, for the higher end properties. Interesting. And what are you like? What are you finding it like in terms of grabbing a property right now? Are you still able to to go in and with conditions like an inspection condition and uh, do your due diligence before you firm up your purchase? Uh, yes. So we typically we go into contract just because of how how crazy the market is. We if we uh, if a property is on the market and we inspect it and we do our own analysis and we figure out if the property is right for us or not, then the property is already gone. So we typically go into contract. If we see a property that we really like, do a quick, um, you know, five minute uh, desktop analysis, uh, have a look at the photos, just a basic uh, outline of what we think the budget's going to be, what we can sell it for. Then we'll make an offer, we'll negotiate, we'll put it under contract, and then we will, uh, over the next couple of days, we will, um, you know, inspect it, um, bring our general contractor out so we can do a budget. And then that, that all happens within probably three or four days. And we usually have about a seven to 10 day, depending on how we negotiated a seven to 10 day inspection period before we commit to the property. So give me an example. Like what would you be offering on a property? Like, is there a recent one you could share? We could just kind of walk through the numbers of what it looks like. Yeah. 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 So we, um, yeah, we bought a riverfront property. So this is one of the high, one of the higher end ones. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Or do you want like an average one of the mill one? Uh, whatever you want, we could probably we could do both. So yeah, do you want to do a high end one, and then we can talk about an average one after? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the high end one, um, we this was actually this I think it's a bad example because this one was on the on the market for about six months. It was way overpriced for where the market was six months ago, uh, and the seller was actually a realtor. So mm-hmm. he it was you know it, he was being a complete nightmare. He was you know trying to nickel and dime everyone, and it was on his, his terms, his way of the highway kind of thing. So it was a complete nightmare for a for investors because his house is, it was, wasn't in a great, great condition. So you're not going to have an end buyer buying a, you know, a dumpy million dollar house. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got on a contract and uh, what was it? it was a, I think it was a 10 day inspection period. It was a, I think it was just a regular 30 day close because we work with a hard money lender okay. and they go through their appraisals, but the appraisal for hard money lender isn't, you know, one tenth of, of the headache that an appraisal uh, appraiser from a traditional lenders are going to be um so that okay. just gives us the pa- the time and, and the, yeah uh, yeah paperwork to get through that and then yeah we, we we closed typically the the biggest issue that we have right now is is uh you know permitting delays that's really the biggest issue that we have that's why because the first nine or ten months of our uh you know of our business we were buying on average about one property per month mm-hmm. um and there wasn't a huge delay in these permits um, and we wanted to buy more properties, but we can't get rid of these properties fast enough, you know, to, to start buying more. So we've really had to slow down and be a lot more meticulous with uh, the properties that we're buying because we're only buying maybe this year, we're average probably one every couple of months, one every six weeks. So we have to be really exact on our numbers, on our analysis mm-hmm. uh, for the properties that we are buying. Um, but so that's that's a high-end one. That was kind of... Uh, what you... The, what did you pay like for that one though versus uh, what was, it was listed uh, for? 1.17 million. Okay, so this is on a canal or it's on the Yeah, this uh, is on the river, on the Clusahatchee River. Yeah. Yeah, which goes this right into huge. the Gulf, right? Yeah, right into the Gulf, yeah. So it's a it's a 35 
hundred square foot home. It's like a five uh, five bedroom, three bathroom, something like that. Okay, Just so a magnificent, really home. nice place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one one seven zero thirty five hundred square feet, which is still cheap compared to that kind of product uh, yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what's uh, what's the rental on that one? So that's gonna that's gonna run us around three. I think it's three fifty or three seventy five. I'm not sure what the contingencies are, but um, about probably three three fifty. Okay, so including your carrying costs, everything. I know that's just rehab, and then we have closing like financing. Okay, so um, you what know, is your carrying closing insurance like? What if you had to give a number to all that for that project? What would that be? Um, for the total, so per month, it's probably going to cost us um, on that property probably like the the longer we hold on to the property, the like the more it costs, especially oh, yeah. with the the financing and everything. So it's probably on average like seven thousand dollars a month. It costs us to hold it. And and is that like a, a year turnaround kind of property, or is that an eight month? Uh, no, turnaround? that's a that's a that's a five month that's a five month turnaround, including permitting. In, um, including permitting, yeah. So that property, okay. we actually bought. That's kind of an outlier property. This is probably a bad example, so I apologize for that. But this property uh, had a lot of the electric, a lot of the the plumbing was all good. There was no um, there was no cast iron plumbing. It was all PVC. So that's okay. that's a big thing that we run into now down here is the properties that were built before 1970 are all cast iron properties and you have um, to rip so everything out exactly yeah under permit too nine. right you can't do it without a permit. yeah no you have to yeah you have to do it with a permit okay because uh, you have the, the rough in inspections so the mm-hmm. plumbing electric air conditioning the foundation a lot of the structural stuff was all was all like in really good condition mm-hmm. so the only big um the only big uh structural work that we had to do was just to open up the kitchen Okay. Um, so really the $350,000 in rehab, that's just going to a lot of, uh, cosmetic stuff, a yeah. lot of cosmetic stuff. So we didn't have to wait on a huge amount of permits or a massive, you know, um, GC permit just because it was, uh, you know, we didn't need to, everything wasn't really done. Okay. So you just we get a permit in. for the kitchen, which doesn't require like a GC. Permit. Uh, uh, we, we did a, uh, permit. I'll have to, uh, double check with this, but we did, I think we did get a GC permit. But within those, within that GC permit, we only needed a, I think it was electric rough in, um, it was plumbing rough in and, um, the structural, we were at, we actually, uh, expanded the, the walls of the bedrooms to make the bedrooms bigger. Yeah. That didn't change, you know, any electrical plumbing or anything. And then we opened up the wall to the kitchen. Okay. So you're saying that's easier and faster than trying to get a, a oh, yeah. more comprehensive permit yeah. to do more stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's, what's the expectation? Like if I want to go get a permit, I'm actually just getting started with my permit oh, really? for, oh, for the no, lots I nice. bought. <laughs> Those are full house builds. So I'm sure yeah. that's going to be fun. Um, well, what the expectation is down here. I mean, it was, it was wild the last maybe six to eight months. It has, I think it has stagnated a bit. Um, less people are uh, renovating, less people are, I mean, it's, it's still going crazy, but it is less than what it was in the past six months. But now it's probably going to be one to two months. Okay. Um, just as, as a, just as a wait. And the unfortunate thing is because of the city or it's the County, uh, you can't, you know, call up and, and, you know, ask them like, when are you going to be approving my permit? Yeah. They give you a, uh, you know, an account name an account number and you go in and search and it says either approved, not approved or like still yeah. in waiting. So it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's completely out of your hands. That doesn't sit well with me. I'm I'm the guy that like calls every other day and says, yeah. "So when's a good time to follow up?" Oh yeah, I'm oh they love me. Yeah. yeah, they love me. Um, okay, so that one that one's more of a high end. What are you expecting to sell that one for? Or is this already sold? Um, no. So 
this one is going to be when we started, it was going to be about 1.89. Yeah. When we uh, bought it in um, it was like May, I think we bought it in. But now with the market, the depreciation of the properties from May, and I, I, I could see it easily cracking 2 million, especially wow. with the, yeah, with the, the good thing that's going on our side right now, and especially in South, I can't speak to any other markets or sub markets around the country, but in Southwest Florida, um, a lot of the builders, they don't have enough material. There's too much demand to build all the houses that are um, being asked of them right now from all the people that are moving down here. Mm-hmm. So they have, they're really restricted in their materials and their supply mm-hmm. that they have. So um, it's probably six months longer, maybe even a year longer to, to build uh, a 2000 square foot house than what it originally would have taken. Um, yeah. And for that, like, that's really good for us because we're still, we're only delayed, um, you know, two, three months on, on our, on our, you know, permits and our supplies mm-hmm. uh, when they're delayed, you know, eight, 10, 12 months. So a lot of the, and a lot of the properties that we do, it's like new because we put hundreds of thousands of dollars into the rehab. So when we finish, I mean, everything except for the concrete slab is, is brand new pretty much. So right. people, yeah, people are having a look at the, uh, the spec homes or having a look at the new construction homes that are, you know, the, the blueprints and stuff, and it's not going to be done until like 2023. They're like, ah, that's, that's awful. And that's they look long. at our homes. That's going to be done in October. That's, that's pretty much a mirror image of that home. You know, yeah. it's, it's great for us and it's great for them. So that's, it's a double-edged sword. It is unfortunate because the market's going wild right now and you can't really, um, you know, you can't really do much, but uh, it's good for us because we are, you know, out in front in terms of the end buyer. Yeah. It's a lot more simple. Uh, I mean, there's pros and cons to, to where you're at. I mean, for me, the the hard part is it's it's a little harder to pivot with your product, right? Like if the market were to soften, you know, it only really does serve a higher end buyer, right? Yeah. But as long as you're making enough out of each project, I, I suppose that, yeah. you know, like that kind of helps insure you against that inevitable day where there is a softening. Um, but uh, so say you sold that one for 2 million. Mm. I mean, you're you're in for one five six. There's like over four hundred thousand dollars on the table there. Yeah. Now, where does that money go? Because I know you have a little bit more of a of a partnership set up there. Yeah. Uh, how do you allocate that if there if there is five hundred grand, which would probably be would that be your best project yet, the best deal yet? Uh, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Oh man, no, it wouldn't. No, that's good. Okay, so you're yeah. really killing it. Um, we're we're doing we're doing pretty well. We're doing okay. um. So say yeah. there was 500 grand profit in a yeah. deal. Um, it's probably going to look more from the 1.89. Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. From the $2 million, it's probably going to be with withholding. It'll be more like a four or four and a quarter. Yeah, probably four. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, guess, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I got a number of, uh, I, I don't have it calculating that way, but it looks like it's, uh, it's 440,000 would you would have yep. hypothetically less, less realtor fees. I don't know how, how that works for you. So, yep. so how would you end up splitting that up? Um, so on that one, on, on a lot of the bigger projects that we need more money to purchase, mm-hmm. we need more gap funding. We typically bring in someone and give out some equity, like a percentage mm-hmm. of equity for someone to come in and, and be a part of the LLC. Um, but on this one, we have a, uh, you know, a friend of mine who is, who brought in some money and, you know, he's, he has an equity position in this. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So it's my partner and I have an equal split. And then he has a bit of a less of a split uh, just because we're doing the property management, the project management. Okay. Uh, and we take care of everything from where to go. And he's the one that's uh, you know putting in the money and then having a look at how right. everything flourishes. 
Okay, so he's just putting in the money and then taking a return. So it's not quite 33, 33, 33 in no, terms no, of the split. No, no, it's not that. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that still works out even well for him as an investor. I mean, yeah. even if he gets a quarter of that 400 and gets his money back, it's like what kind of obligation would he have into that? What kind of obligation? Yeah, like how much money is he putting for, forward into that? So for that exact one, he's putting in, um, he's putting in about, uh, what is it? He's putting in about uh, 200 and he's putting so, in. So 200 and then say mm. six months later gets back the 200 plus 75 grand kind of thing. Yes, in yes, that ballpark. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad for, uh, for yeah. a passive investment. Yeah. Not bad yeah. at all. As I mean, the, the, the way the market's going right now, it's just, it's completely being on our side. Um, right. It, and that's, that's one of those things where I would never want to rely on the market continuing to grow, although I'll expect mm. it, but oh, as yeah. like a more conservative investor, I'll, I'll want to, I'll want it to work based on today's numbers. And then if I get exactly fortunate, then I'm, I'm even happier. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's the, it's, it's really a double-edged sword as I was saying before, because the, the permit delays and the you know, supply delays, like I don't remember the last time we sold a house and it, it had, um, glass, like the bathroom, the bathroom like mirrors on it. I don't remember the last time that, that the mirrors were there once we sold it. They're always on like a six week, eight week delay. Um, really? From, yeah. Because exactly. yeah, you're doing custom glass, right? You're not just going to Home yeah. Depot and getting pre no, no, prefab. No, no, no. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. For the higher end, 600,000, 800,000 million dollar properties we're selling. Yeah. We we're putting really nice uh, mirrors and you know, the glass work and that has to be, that takes a while, especially with all the demand happening. Um, but like th- those, those delays, that's delaying us from get, make, getting our profits back and reinvesting it to more properties. But at the same time, the, the wait, like the, the three or four months um, extra that we're waiting for, for these properties to sell is that much appreciation is that much more that the properties are worth at the yeah. end of the day. So while it, 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 while it does, you know, it is unfortunate that we are waiting for months longer for us to get a paycheck um, and for us to, you know, rotate our funds and buy more properties we are making a lot more on each property. So it's, yeah. I mean, I can't complain, but I, I will complain. <laughs> the, the, the benefits of being in a hot market, right? Like yeah, that, exactly. That I can relate to here. Yeah. Like just time seems to, seems to have oh, yeah. solved all wounds for so long. Oh yeah. But, that's, uh, that's the best thing about real estate is that it's so forgiving. It is forgiving when things are good, right? That we, we all yeah. say that if we're in a market, like down in Florida, I notice a lot of people, they know what mm. it's like to lose and lose a lot. Yeah. You've, you've obviously yeah. heard that at the RIA meetups where, yeah. where guys are saying, well, you, we saw 2008, you know, it mm. wasn't the same here in Ontario, like in Canada. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have that big drop. Whereas down in Florida, they had, yeah. you know, they had properties that were worth 350 go down to 35. Oh yeah. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those people still remember that, right? Like, and, and yeah. they don't have that, that real estate's easy. Like, I, I don't know if you're getting that sentiment a lot down there of people just that are just very uneasy about the way property values are appreciating right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we can, we can talk about this exact thing for a, a long time, but you have a lot of people who have experience. So it's someone who like me, who has, who has, you know, done this for, you know, five minutes, I haven't experienced, um, even though I did see my parents go through it in 2008 in Australia. Um, I haven't experienced it myself. I haven't seen, you know, our, our properties drop by like 90% in value. But yeah, a lot of the guys who I'm in the rear meetings with, they, you know, warn us, especially our, like what we do, the high-end properties, mm-hmm. what we do. Um, yeah, and they're warning us, but there are a lot of other factors that come into it and why this market is different than the 2008 market. Mm-hmm. Uh, like down here, I'm going to quote 
uh, Jeff Tombarello, who's the who's the uh, speaker, and he kind of he he runs the Southwest Florida Real Estate Investors Association yeah. meetings down here. And he uh, every meeting he brings up the liquidity in the market um, from the from the uh, website of the statistics what he whatever website it is. But in two thousand and um, two thousand seven two thousand six when the market was red hot, the liquidity in this market so the uh, the amount of people the amount of purchases that were happening that were cash purchases I think he said it was around five uh, percent. Mm-hmm. The amount so everything was like fully leveraged by the banks you know zero yeah. percent like you know pulse. You know, a, a heartbeat loan, I think is what they called it. But now, um, 44% of the of the purchases happening here are with cash. So yeah. it's a highly, you know, liquid. It's a very, like, low yeah. leverage market here, which is going to be a really good saving grace for when that market does take a turn for the worst. If, if yeah, yeah, the worst. if and when. I mean, eventually every market corrects, but how much is it going to go up first? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough to say. Like, I, I'm... You know, my response to people who, you know, said that in Florida is you haven't seen Ontario. You know, you get a couple of mm. years of, of a bull market that's that's uh, pretty aggressive growth. And, and they think that, uh, you know, the sky is going to be falling. I I don't see it that way because the relative price point in in your area is still quite low compared it to is, a lot it of is, other markets. Yeah. Because like Cape Coral, because we do most of our flips in Cape Coral. And that's I think I saw yesterday. That's the uh, the 11th fastest growing city in the country. Mm-hmm. It's like there's so many people moving down here and yeah. the, the people can't build fast enough. They can't build homes fast enough. And I mean, I don't see, even if the, the fed, uh, you know, increases their, their rates by 1%, I don't see the market dropping drastically. I do no. see it stagnating or maintaining, but I don't see sure. it dropping just because of the huge migration patterns coming down here. It's hard to know anything for sure at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, it's I, you know, this is yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so if I were in your position, for me, I'd just be looking at a, kind of like a self insurance plan where I, you know, we're making some pretty good money out of these deals, mm-hmm. and then sink it into you know income producing properties, sink it exactly. into things, and then and then have some cash aside in case the worst does happen one day. Yeah, um, yeah. Of you course. know, as long as you got it built into your business plan, rock on. Like that's kind of how I how I look at it. Um, are you buying investment properties down there uh, yet? I know we talked about this a little while back, but yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we 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 have a, a duplex, my wife and okay. I, cute little duplex. Um, but we we have discussed. I've, I've had plans of buying um, you know rental properties in state mm-hmm. and out of state for a few months now, and that would have come to fruition if it wasn't for the you know three, four, five months in in delays, in permitting delays. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now we're just waiting on, uh, waiting to cash out of our lot of, a lot of our bigger flips, bigger properties. And then yeah, going into getting some, uh, either a short-term rental. Cause I know down here it, what it was typically a seasonal, um, you know, rental area. So, so between January and, and April, January and uh, March, everyone and their dog was coming down here yeah. and it was like hundred percent occupancy in, in vacation rentals. But now you're seeing, uh, I was talking to a lady who manages short-term rentals last week. Uh, and she was saying that year round, the occupancy is like over ninety percent, even in the summer, just because like baseball camps coming down here, people are moving from mm-hmm. the Midwest and from the Northeast and from Canada. So it's uh, it's it's getting to that stage where it's the, a year round, you know, a year long um, uh, vacation place. So short term rentals have been on my radar, but uh, yeah, out of state rental properties is definitely something that I am going to be looking into in the next few months, just to, as you said, you know, diversification and protecting some of the. Uh, some of the money that we've made. 
Yeah, it's it's obviously got to be a multi-pronged plan. Um, I like the short-term idea down there, mm-hmm. I, and I was watching it, and the, in the traditional numbers of short-term don't make sense when you look at the current prices of those products. But people mm-hmm. have been saying, well, something's different. You know, something's different. The, the demand is higher. And I know my mother-in-law, she's got a bunch of properties in Fort Myers Beach, and they're all uh, on the, the ocean. Well, and the change that she's seen in, in terms of occupancy, like yeah. as soon as it was like, what was it? It was April of 2020 where everything got shut down. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that was like a big dark spot for a lot of people. But then ever since then, it's just, just yeah. it's like pent up demand of everyone wanting to yeah. get away. It's and, so funny you said it. Cause like we moved down here last January and um, it was so busy when we got down here and then yeah, April, May is when everyone started, you know, heading back up North and the roads just like, it was like Moses when the, in the Red Sea, you know, there was like <laughs> no cars on the road. Well, not no cars on the road, but like yeah. it was so much less traffic than there would than there was in uh, during season. And then season came and it was packed. And I was like, oh, man, I'm so excited for summer to come. So there's no one on the road anymore. And uh, April came. I was like, okay, cool. Then, you know, I still, still see the same amount of cars. May came. I still see the same amount of cars. And June came. Still see the same amount of cars. So yeah, like, it's no busy one's leaving. all the time now. No yeah. one's leaving. It's uh, well, I mean, it's good because, you know, people are seeing the um what you know southwest florida has to offer which is good yeah well it's only going to get crazier and crazier mm. and that's uh, good for yeah. us that's good for the, uh, for the real estate area i wish i was there well i mean it's still nice weather here but you know soon mm. enough gonna gonna want to be coming back down but uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Now, with, uh, now with jordan pregnant that kind of changes things a little yeah, bit yeah oh, congratulations so. by the way that's huge man that's yeah, amazing thanks, man yeah we're excited it's just december due date so it's like oh really what do we do with that yeah, yeah. right yeah, so we're, we're we're kind of figuring out how to how to proceed with that one. But uh, um, just in terms of your immigration into the U.S., you you kind of mm. have uh, maybe a less than helpful response here because you're basically married into your situation. Did you not? Uh, I have. Uh, I'm still in the process. I, as much as I do want to answer that question, I'm still in the immigration process currently. Oh yeah, I am being represented by an immigration attorney. Sure. Um, so I would, uh, you shouldn't say, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, um, okay. We'll that's that that's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. So, um, we'll let that one play out for you and then you can tell us yeah. after it's all done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I actually, uh, hired a guy uh, as well and re- gave him a retainer. So we've, mm. we've talked through a process of, a, of potentially applying for a, a visa. And, you think uh, that'd be so much easier going from Canada to America than Australia to America, right? I don't think it's any different though. Aren't we, aren't you a black passport coming from Australia? I don't even know what that means. Like your, your black, your passport is actually black. Like the cover of it. Um, I have no idea. I haven't seen it in a while. Probably green. Oh, you don't have your, you don't have your Australian passport anymore. I do. Yeah. But I just haven't, uh, I should think it could be behind me. Yeah. It's like, I think like any treaty country, right? If they have a tax treaty, those are all pretty much the same. Well, I think it's because it's a Commonwealth country. That yeah, exactly. Be, it yeah, probably is a treaty thing. country. Yeah. yeah. Like you, same, think, same situation. Mm. Yeah. I mean, despite us being so close and like, you know, mm. land border shared, it doesn't really, I, I don't think it really makes much of a difference, but I mean, logistically yeah. in terms of us just going there physically, it's a lot easier, but yeah, uh, well, of course. So anyway, so what's, uh, what's next for you then? What are you, what are you focused on right now? Are you lining up more of these big, big expensive ones? Or are you getting some, uh, yeah, some yeah, yeah, other yeah. ones? So we have, um, we're actually closing tomorrow on a, um, on a big Gulf access property in Northwest Cape. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we have another one on a contract, another big, I think a $600,000 purchase price, uh, in closing at the beginning of October. Mm-hmm. So we still have things coming in. Uh, we are still working with different lenders, um, to fund our deals. And yeah. we're still, you know, still doing it as, uh, as, you know, as planned. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm always thinking, I'm, you know, talking to people about, you know, what, what our like short-term goal is, what our short-term plan is, what do we see ourselves in five years or something like that. And, um, I mean, if I looked back five years ago, I would have no idea, you know, yeah. even a year ago, like two years ago, I would have no idea that we would be seeing this much success and where we would be, where would, where we would be right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I really, right now we're just keeping momentum and, um, staying with what we're doing. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all just, you know, next step. It's just, what's the most important next step for us? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's raising money, it's raising private funds so we can keep, keep our flips funded, keep our, our projects going. And, uh, you know, for my partner, it's finding the deals and, and, uh, you know, managing the project. So we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And, um, you know, while we will be careful about uh, a possible correction, we're not going to, you know, change course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're just going to keep doing what we're, what we're being, what we're, you know, seeing success in. So. Yeah. I mean, at, at, at some point, everyone's got to put their faith in something and, you know, there are tons of people who that's a, that's a, a calculated risk they're well willing to take. Mm. And that, you yeah, know, it makes sense. As long as, as long as you go in with, you know, that understanding it makes perfect sense. Um, if you're borrowing private money, so I, I understand it's two tiered, right? You're getting an investor in, maybe that investor's, you know, just lending money, or maybe they're actually partnering in. I think more often they're, they're partnering in, but what, what is your hard money lender typically giving you on a property like this? They know you're going to do construction. Are they doing like 80% financing? And at what rate yeah. are they doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our hard money, we've worked with the same hard money lender from day one. Mm-hmm. So every property that we go with them, they give us a, you know, a, better, a better rate um, as we go. So right now, this is a completely different rate to when we started. But right now, we're seeing um, 85% of cost of total uh, purchase and rehab. And the rate is probably like eight and a half, eight point seven, mm-hmm. maybe eight point eight interest rate, uh, and one point five, one point seven five points, something like that. So, and so uh, the draws actually the most important thing for us is the interest rate charged on the draws because we, you know, doing a three hundred thousand dollar rehab, yeah. we don't want to be charged the interest on the money that we haven't taken yet. Yeah, um, and the people who we work with, they uh, only charge us on the interest per draw. Which is which is right. really handy. Okay, that's a beautiful distinction yeah. you just pointed out there because I've been in this business a long time with, yeah. with money lending and uh, in the brokering world, and no one even talks about this. But yeah, only paying mm. interest on what you're actually borrowing. There yeah. are plenty of lenders mm. out there that will charge you interest on the entire amount. They have and, the money sitting and, aside, uh, yeah. not allowing us to get a second position either. So the two big things yeah. that we look for with with um, hard money lenders is. Um, you know, as you said before, the uh, charging interest on on the draws and on the total loan amount, and yeah. uh, the second position is allowing us to have a second position. There's so many hard money lenders out there who don't allow a second position. That's interesting, yeah, because I yeah. we don't really see that here. I, a lot of times, if you're going private, they don't care as much. But I guess it's mm. a, it's a bigger picture thing. Like it's a lot about your credit worthiness. Like mm. for you, they're going to see well, you guys are constantly doing this and it's working well. Yeah. Um, whereas they might see somebody else uh, who's new and they might not like that. So yeah. yeah, I could I could certainly resonate with that. So just to clarify for people who who aren't following this yeah. this draw issue, um, meaning like you could you could have a purchase and renovation where your total loan amount is is going to be a million dollars, but yeah. they'll only advance five hundred thousand to to get you purchased, and then the rest comes and draws as you do the work and show. So yeah. I'm guessing yeah. you have so to show milestones. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they'll send out. We'll have we'll have like a um a schedule, of a rehab schedule of what we do. Okay. Like phase one, let's so say milestones, it's, uh, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, like phase one is going to be um demolition, um, and you know 
paint. Let's just say it's going and it's going to cost. It's going to be at ten thousand dollars for the first uh, phase. Mm-hmm. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to we when the first phase is done uh, by our contractor, we call the lender and they're going to send out an inspector and inspect what we've done to make sure that um, the demolition and the paint has been completed. Um, gotcha. And knowing that has been completed, it goes back to the lender and the lender sends out the phase one draw of $10,000 to our contractor. And then we just continue that every single, every single phase. Yeah. Okay. And, and mm. to our point, the only thing you're going to pay, so you're going to pay interest on the original 500 grand and then you're going to pay interest on 510 once they release the first yeah. draw. And then if it's another yeah, 10 grand, exactly. it'll be Yeah. So if it's like a $200,000 yeah. rehab budget, we're not paying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. ten, well, we're not paying like 9% or whatever it is on the 200,000 from day one. Yeah. Eventually it's going to be like, Eventually, when we yeah. finish, it's going to be 10% of the 200,000. But in the first few months when it's just like building up slowly, you're only paying interest on what you borrow, which is, which is huge. It saves you, it saves you thousands of dollars per month. Yeah. Whereas I've done this situation where I'll, I'll set the amount. This is the total amount I need. And then the lender puts it all in trust. And mm-hmm. I'm paying, I'm paying the whole thing the whole way through and just getting the money yeah. as it, as it comes. Either way, you can be profitable. You just got to build it into your numbers. If that's all you can yeah. get and you can't find somebody that's willing to lend to you and only charge you interest on what you get, um, then you just deal with it, right? Like, otherwise- you definitely have to put it into your numbers. I think yeah. for us, um, we are a lot more, uh, open to paying interest on the total rehab amount, um, from day one, if it's a low end property. Right. So if we're putting like $30,000, you know, lipstick into a, into a small house. And we don't mind paying, paying that if it's only going to be like a month long or two month long flip. But once it gets to like 300, $400,000 rehabs, then we can't afford to be spending, you know, $14,000 of interest per month. No, you got to know your numbers. Um, yeah. so, so you're typically, so you're with the same uh, hard money lender, which is, for us is just like a private mortgage lender. Um, mm. we would call it here. Yeah. And then you've got, um, your partners that you're finding and then your partners that you're finding are those repeat most of the time, or are you finding them through the RIA or a mix of all of the above? Yeah. A mix of all of the above. So we've had family, we've had friends, we've had like associates, people who uh, have reached out to me online mm-hmm. when I post a lot of our stuff on social media. Um, mm-hmm. you know, friends of, of people who have invested, it's just a huge networking thing. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, that's, that's been key. That's been really key. And, uh, you know, keeping, um, you know, integrity for what we do and having a really good reputation in town is, is really important for people because, you know, people are trusting you with their retirement accounts, you know? And so if you have a bad name in town, you know, if people okay. don't trust you, then they're not going to lend to you at all. Uh, yep. So that, that's, you know, we're hitting, we're hitting the spot where people are recommending us. You know, I get, I get calls and texts, you know, weekly from people who say, you know, this person referred me, uh, you know, I have a retirement account with this amount of money and, you know, let's talk, let's talk investments. And that's, it's, that's amazing that we're finally got to that point where our reputation is carrying us to, uh, so yeah. people, so private money lenders can fund, can fund these flips, which is amazing. And I've started, uh, you know, doing, uh, marketing, um, you know, off market lead generation for lenders, not so much properties, okay. which which is pretty funny. I haven't, uh, uh, I've seen a little success, um, but it's, you know, I, I just started it a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see, see yeah. how it goes. At the end of the day, it's like, there's nothing that beats speaking from experience. Like the people there's sitting around the beats, dinner table, yeah. you know, talking about, Hey, like I just made 75 grand on a 200 K yeah. investment. Yeah. That guy is going to do all kinds of good for you. And you're, you're exactly. raising. And it's so much um, better when, um, when you can actually see the asset and see, see the property, yeah. you know, like I post photos of the weekly, Yep. Um, people, you know, face our lenders FaceTime me and, and uh, ask me to send them a video. I'll go to the, I drive to the house five minutes away, do a quick, um, recording, take some photos and send them the property, you know, yeah. but if the, their retirement account is, is getting, you know, 5% 
on a on uh, you know the S and P or or whatever kind of stock it's going to get, you know that's you, you know you can't really go to uh, you know the Chase Bank headquarters in New York and and take a photo of that building, you know where your money is. So I mean, it's it's people have a lot more emotional uh, attachment to something if it's if it's uh, you know real and legible and uh, you know hard like like real estate is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the numbers obviously make a ton of sense. Like what you're saying, it's just, yeah, people got to have that comfort and it helps that they can, you know, kind of see you follow you on Instagram for sure. Mm. I mean, you were nice enough to show, uh, show me the, uh, the one house that you think you just finished it. And I saw the finished pictures of it, which was pretty cool. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. That was, that was a lot of fun. Make a good profit on that one. Did that one sell for a million? That one didn't sell for a million. We actually, um, we put that property under contract, um, to sell, a couple months into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was before the property went on steroids. So we had an agreed upon sale price. Um, and the day that we, that we finished the rehab and, and transferred title, um, it probably would have, if we, if we didn't have it under contract, we yeah. probably would have sold it for about $40,000 more than what we did. So yeah. while that did hurt a little bit, we could have got a lot more profit. We did already have it pre-sold. You know, we yeah. did already have that, that base covered, by the time, um, by the time we finish the rehab, because you never really know, you know, we could, yeah. we could hit a dead spot in real estate. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I highly doubt it, but let's yeah. say hypothetically we hit a dead spot. We've already got it. We've already got it pre-sold. Well, I would um, want to have a really big deposit down there if I was taking a pre-sale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the whole was, benefit, right? Because they could back out, right? It was, they, it was a fifty grand deposit. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Can they get that back if they don't close, or that's that's like um, if we it's they can't get it back if they if they pull out. The only way they can get it back is if we breach the contract. Gotcha. Yeah. So so that kind of situation, then you know, mm-hmm. hey, they're not they're not likely to walk away from that. And if they did, yeah, you got, you got fifty grand, so that's okay. Yeah. 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 No, it was good. So, but no, good that property was a lot of fun. That was a really yeah. really fun property. Yeah. So Julius, where do people go if they want to check out your stuff, see that property and other properties you're working on? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a pretty open book. You, um, you know, reach out to me on, on social media, uh, on my website, uh, hamishhomes.com, H-A-I-M-I-S-H, homes.com, or they can reach me on Instagram at Julius Van Royen. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, I'm happy to, to give people, you know, phone calls, happy to, to walk people through the process. Um, if they're experienced or they're not experienced, I just love talking about real estate as, as do you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always fun. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to get back out golfing. Uh, oh, dude. Again yes. soon. Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it been like, down. just like ridiculously hot there right now? Uh, it has. Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty hot. I mean, um, it's been pretty humid and, you know, every day it peaks probably between 90 and well, probably between 89 and 92 around there. Okay. But I mean, it's never hot enough not to play golf. So <laughs> I went out the other day and it felt, it was, feels like four forty one 41 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that was. That's, that's like a hundred. That's really change. hot. Yeah. yeah. I've never sweat so much in my life. It was just Jeez. like, it was almost too much. Like I was drinking yeah. two bottles of water per hole. Yeah. Plus beer. Well, I was doing, this help. morning, this morning at nine 30, <laughs> I was doing landscaping at one of our properties. Yeah. Uh, and I was just, it was nine 30 and I was, it was like, I don't know what it was. It was just like 80, 83 degrees, but it was so humid. Yeah. I was just yeah. dripping a sweat 10 minutes into it. But, yeah. you know, I, I love the heat. I love the humidity. Um, yeah, I won't complain about it because like the cold uh, we have to put up with here. I, I, uh, yeah. I just, I just I'll rather take have this, hot all year. Because I, I went to school in the Midwest and you get those days in like in January and February, those three days in a row where it's like with wind chills, like 30 below or like 50 below or something with the wind and you can't go outside. You can't do anything. Yeah. And it's like, screw this. Like I would take a 90 degree, 100% humidity day over that any day of the week. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with you, man. That, that was that's that's where I was meant to be. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta figure something out there. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep working through the process. But I appreciate you sharing all this, and I'm gonna put your links in the show notes so people sure, can reach yeah. out to you. And uh, any words of wisdom, you know, people who want to get into the flipping game or just investors, you know, what you know, what made it work for you? Some some you know piece of wisdom you'd like to share? There's a lot of things I'd say. This is a this is a huge kind of worms. Uh, if, if I was to wrap it up, I'd probably say something like, uh, just do it. There was no substitute for action. You have to just, you have to do it. You know, if you lose, if you lose money in your first flip, then you've gained experience, you've gained networking, you've gained knowledge on what you're doing. You'll make money the next flip. Yeah. Um, tuition. And yeah. And I, I would, I would really say just be really careful listening to people who, um, who failed in real estate, be really careful listening to, uh, advice, or you know anything of what they have to say because uh, it's it's just poisonous. It can poison. It can really yeah. damage a young person's mind uh, and an experienced person's mind who wants to you know endeavor in real estate. Listening to someone who struggles and just says nothing but bad things. So yeah, be around positive people. Be around pe- be around successful positive people, uh, and just just commit and knowing that there is no plan B, and then you will have, you will succeed. There's no there's no. Option, but you have to succeed. So. Right. And that, that's kind of how I got into real estate is like, yeah. I had no other, there was yeah. no op- option. It was either real estate was going to work for me or I was like totally screwed. Yeah, <laughs> is, exactly. You funny how we find a way to be successful when we're putting it. Exactly. Position. Yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, some interesting advice there, and I, uh, I I do think that you're right. I, I call that weighing feedback you get from people because if somebody has no success, mm. doesn't invest, and you know doesn't seem to enjoy their life, I'm never going to take investment advice from them. Like exactly, like it's yeah. so interesting. If I have a couple of minutes, um, yeah. So sure. I've been in the last few months. I've been going to a, a couple of uh, different like seminars and um, and you know, around the country. You know, not really masterminds, but kind of like mini masterminds uh, with a lot of successful real estate investors because I'm trying to get into the next echelon of of uh, investors. And it's so interesting the feedback when you tell people about your story in, in real estate and in business. It's so interesting the feedback, you, the difference in feedback you get from successful people to non-successful people. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the feedback I get from people who either you know ate it in two thousand eight or or you know got, got hurt, lost five thousand dollars in one flip or something like that. I tell them my my story and the success that we've seen in such a short amount of time, and they go, "Oh man, you know my uh, my buddy, you know lost his shirt in two thousand eight. You know be careful." I wouldn't do that. Just put it in, you know, put it in the, put it in the stocks. You'll be safer there. But then I go to these, these uh, conferences with these ridiculously rich real estate investors who have been doing this for 20 years. They see the success that they see the success that my partner and I have been seeing and they say nothing but positive things, not only about what we've done, but about, um, you know, the industry in general and, and giving me tips. So he's like, Oh, this is a fantastic thing you're doing right now. Yeah. You can also do this, 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 you know, it's just, it's light and it's, you know, night and day the difference between um, the positive energy that you get and the negative, you know, and the yeah. negative people and the positive people. So just stay around successful and positive people. And, you know, even if you're the, the dumbest lead successful person in the room, if you're surrounded by successful, smart people, like yeah. a, a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So that, that's all it is. Love that. And yeah, I want to be the dumbest, least successful person. Yeah. And that's like the best yeah. place to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you get dragged up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Okay. Thanks so much. Really appreciate this. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep in touch. I'll, I'll shoot you some texts. Cause there's a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. And uh, now, now that we're talking again, it's cute. Sounds mind, good. So. 
Anyway, thanks, Andrew. Um, really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. Uh-huh.